let's get into it tonight. It's Monday, Motivation Monday. Let's talk about it here. So if you're over in the group and you want the, um, don't want the green screen, if you want the nice Christmassy background and everything that's going on, you got to jump over to Periscope because that's what we got going on over here. Those of you, if it's your first time joining me, welcome, welcome. I go by the name Tornado. I come in to educate and inform and hopefully inspire from a faith-based perspective to help encourage healing of the mind, body, and spirit that may have been damaged from abuse-related traumas. If you're not familiar with my story, go back and check out some of my previous scopes. Get to know me, and I'm so glad to have you on board. If you're listening to this on one of the podcast outlets or my YouTube family, how y'all doing? Welcome, welcome. Glad to be back with you guys. All right, let's get into it tonight. Motivation Monday. What is motivation, right? Motivation is that thing uh, that pro- propels you, right? That that which causes action is the simplest way to, devi- to, to define it, right? Motivation is that which causes action, that thing that gets us to move. Hey, Jewel, glad to have you in. Glad to have you in. Welcome, welcome, everybody. Welcome, welcome to those coming in. So that's the simplest form, easiest way to define motivation, that which causes action, right? Now, in regards to our human behavior, that fleshly behavior, you know, motive, we may be motivated, you know, by fear or by hope of a reward or some type of recognition, you know, or it may be both. We may also be motivated by fear of punishment, you know, something happening. If we don't do this, this this is what's going to happen. So we're motivated to move a little bit faster than we normally would, right? Or it could be motivated by the desire to please someone, you know, please somebody else, make somebody else happy. Oftentimes, um, a sense of responsibility can motivate us when we know that we're being held accountable, when people are counting on us, that can motivate us, that can get us moving, because we're like, man, I I gave them my word, my word is my bond, I don't want to let Karen down, so I have to do what I said, right? So sometimes a sense of responsibility will motivate us. Also, a a product of character or attitude will motivate us. You know, if you ever been going along and you just been working, just say if you're working in a group setting and someone will say something off kilter and the way it comes across, the way we perceive it, the way we receive it motivates us. Cause you know, if, if it's received, even oftentimes in a negative way, we're like, I just really don't like that. And then that fuel, that fire from being, um, upset or, uh, ticked off or or unnerved, you know, just uprooted from our core can motivate us, you know, to let me hurry up and get this done so I can get away from this person and I can move on. So many different factors motivate us, but the simplest form way to define motivation is that which causes action, right? The one thing that I've learned over, uh, uh, you know, just over, even it's almost like I, I just keep being reminded of it each time I open the word, each time I'm studying, right? Because we know the word says study to show ourselves approved. So each time I'm finding that, you know, once we let the word of God, if we truly let God's word take home in our heart, it motivates us to do what's right. You know, well, actually I can only speak for myself, right? I can only speak from my best perspective. And, and, and that's for me, right? Reading God, 
God's word, studying the word, knowing it, right? Not knowing it from front to back. Cause you know, you have, you have some people, they can, um, you're like, yeah, what's that, um, chapter and verse that this happened. And they're like, bam, 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 bam. I would love to be one of those people, but I am not. My mind does not record it like that. When a situation pops up though, thank God the Holy Spirit gives me the wisdom and he reminds me, oh yeah, you remember you read this, this, and this, you know, I may not be able to tell you what exactly, um, chapter verse and you know uh, where it came from but I know what the word says right so that motivates me to want to do right so hopefully that same way so that brings me to tonight's question for motivation Monday what motivates you to pray right what motivates you to pray now if we look I want to use for my script you guys know I always put a scriptural context in with this so I want to use Colossians 1 and 9 and and let me bring it up over here on um, Periscope for you guys so you can follow along. Colossians 1 and 9, and it's coming from the New King James Version. For this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. For this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, right? So what motivates you to pray, right? Is it needs? Is it stress? Is it something that's happened in your life, right? Or is it primarily when you sit down and you may have already taken a couple of bites and you say, oh, I need to thank God for this plate of food right here. And you may say a prayer or, you know, are you going in and thanking him for an opportunity or a blessing, you know, that you receive or do you just pray when things go left? You know, as we say around here, when things aren't going so well, do you come in and say, Ooh, I need to pray. It's been a while, right? Or do you just simply pray, you know, all throughout the day at given times, right? Do you just simply pray because you love the Lord and want to commune with him and ask him, father, what is your will for my life? You know, do you just go into prayer for that reason? I mean, Karen doesn't even have to answer. I already know. Karen is one that does <laughs> already know it. So, uh, some of the prayer warriors over in the standing in the gap prayer warrior group, you know, you just go in and pray for that simple reason. One, the word tells us to, right? Pray without ceasing. We don't have to have a specific reason to pray, but what's motivating it, right? Whatever it is that's motivating us to pray, let's take a look at Paul's motivation here, right? You know, in Colossians, he's praying for them. And if you look at verse eight, it confirms why Paul is praying for them, right? He prays for the Colossians. Colossians because they are already blessed with faith, hope, and love. And if you go up one verse, like I say, anytime you're going through scripture, I like to go one up and I like to go one below the main passages that I'm using to make sure I'm not taking it out of context. Or if someone's quoting it to me to make sure it's not being relayed back out of context. Amen. I like to do that. So if you look at eight, eight tells us Paul was praying for the Colossians because they were already blessed with faith, hope, and love, right? Right? So, and you may say, well, they were already blessed. So why was Paul, what motivated Paul to pray for them, right? You would almost expect 
Paul to commit to continual prayer for them if something was going wrong, right? If the Colossians were having problems, you know, they're having problems, we're going to keep praying for you guys. But no, Paul's praying for them continually without ceasing because they're already blessed, right? The faith, the hope, the love, everything is already there in abundance, right? Paul's not praying for the Colossians because they're in strife. There's not walls coming down. There's not war going on. There's not calamity. Everything is on the good for them. And Paul is saying, and for this reason, we continue to pray for you, right? And, and maybe, you know, as I'm going through this, it, the text speaks to me and says, Paul does this because he knows that the height of attack most often comes when we are being blessed, when things are going good, we can tend to let down our guard. So to me, this passage, Colossians 1 and 9, is, you know, when it says pray without ceasing, is telling me even when things are good, as, as I've said time and time and time again on these different teachings, don't just wait until something goes wrong. Constantly be in prayer to the Father during the good times, during the bad times, just nonstop. As Paul says, pray without ceasing, right? And, and again, here, we know that the devil likes to actively attack, right? When people are enjoying God's blessings, when everything's going good, when people, their hope level is just through the roof, right? When the faith is just indestructible, which I say it should be like that all the time, right? Because we know when that faith level is up here, when it's at its highest, right? We can speak to those mountains. We can speak to those things that are not as they are and have them to be. Why? Because scripture tells us so, right? So that when our faith is high, the hope is high, when love is just in abundance, that's when the enemy, the accuser likes to say, mm-mm, I don't like this. Karen is a little bit too happy. Things are going a little bit too good for Karen. I got to step in and do something about this. Mm -mm. My brother John, he, uh-uh, his life going a little too good right now. He, his hope and his faith, everything, I, I do not like this. So that's when we need to be in the most, in the, in one of our most highest, deepest times of prayer, in communication with the Father, when the blessings are in abundance, as it tells us in Colossians 1 and 9. Again, uh, Paul is praying for them when things are going good. He's saying, we're going to continue to pray for you without ceasing, right? When blessings are in abundance, when places um, are, are in just overflowing abundance, right? When the cups overflowed, your sauces overflowed. I mean, your oil is just overflowing. When that abundance is coming in, that's when Satan's like, I found myself a new playground. Let me go over here and see what's going on. Right. And let's look at it. One of the first places, well, not one of the first place that we see this, right? Where do we see the accuser come in first? Hey, Sister Bogan, uh, where do we see him come in first? Right. In the Garden of Eden. Right. What was wrong over there? Nothing. 
when I look at my scripture, it they were walking around. Everybody was in peace. Even the scripture says, you know, they were. Uh, Jesus was taking a cool stroll through, you know, a, a, a stroll through the cool breeze. Everything was good. Where does he show up, right? Where blessing is in abundance, right? Where did the devil attack Job, right? When Job was standing in prosperity, abundance, and wealth of family and relationship. You guys remember that? Am I the only one? that remembers this when Job was at his best. That's when the enemy said, mm -mm, this going a little bit too good for Job. I got to come in. This, this is a problem. You know, as I like to say, that's not how any of this works. When he sees, when the devil sees our blessings in abundance, when he sees that we're at the height of happiness, he's like, mm -mm, that's not how any of this is supposed to work over here in Satan's playground. I got to go in here and mix this up. I don't like this, right? So we need to be praying without ceasing, right? It needs blessings in abundance. Um, if the sun is shining, you know, everything is going good. Pray without ceasing, right? What happens? When does Abraham get his greatest test of faith? After he entered the promised land, a time of blessing, a time of prosperity, when things were going good, when Abraham was like, whoo, I'm in the promised land. What happened, right? Go back and check it out. I'm telling y'all, the receipts are there. You know, Joseph, let's look at Joseph. When did his brothers begin to work and try and establish his downfall, right? We know how the story end up, um, you know, ended up with Joseph, but when that dream came to him, when heaven blessed him, started to bless him, he's like, hey, I'm getting these dreams, you guys. This is what I saw. I don't know what it means, but when a Joseph started to be blessed with those gifts, the divine impartations from the Holy Spirit, Satan went to work in his brothers and said, y'all gonna have to go on, um, and take Joseph out. You know, him and his little pretty coat over there, y'all need to go on and work on this, right? Check it out. Uh, Daniel, why was Daniel thrown into the lion's den because of his faithful work, right? And his enemies could find nothing wrong with the execution of his duties at the height of his faith, at the height of his hope, at the height of things going well for Daniel. That's when they, they um, Satan is like, mm-mm, I don't like this. This is going too good for old Daniel. I got to go in here and intervene with this, right? They conspire, you know, uh, they conspire to use Daniel's devotion to God for his downfall. The enemy went to work. So at the height of things, again, all of these different scenarios throughout our scripture, throughout the word of our God tells us we should strongly follow Colossians 1 and 9. Since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, right? Continue to pray even at the highest of happiness, even when your faith is at its highest level, right? And you say, well, Tor, you you know you, you you've already said that you know uh, studies show that you have to say something seven to ten times before it finally sticks. It's like that pasta Karen was talking. I believe it was pasta Karen was saying when they bought um was it pasta Karen? Remind me when they bought no it was sticky rice. 
It was, that's what it was. I remember. See, and Karen said it several times in her broadcast and it stuck, right? Just like that sticky rice that they were taking to throw to see if it would stick to the wall. That's the way we have to constantly put things out in front of people to get them to say, oh, I got it. Pray without ceasing. Pray even when there's nothing wrong, just for the sake of saying, thank you, Father God. Thank you. Thank you, Father, for everything that you've done. I know everything's going good. I'm not coming to ask for anything right now. Things are fine in my happy land. And I just want to say thank you, right? Let's look at this here, right? When did the, uh, uh, the miscreants, when, uh, did the people, the law, um, people come in and conspire against Nehemiah. When did they come in against him? When he went to the palace to start building a wall for God's people, right? When he went in to do God's work and establish the temple of God, when he went in with his faith, with his hope, with his love and saying, this is what I'm going to do. When did they start bothering Nehemiah at that point, right? How was Jesus portrayed? By the kiss of one of his dearest friends in a garden of refuge and prayer. So again, make sure Pray without ceasing, right? When are, uh, at the point when Peter and John were thrown in prison, when were they thrown in? When God used them to bring some of the greatest healing and blessings for thousands after they had done wondrous works to glorify the name of our father. That's when the enemy came in to attack against them and they were thrown in prison, right? So, Yes, we need to pray when when things are going bad. But when things are at their best, when the abundance is coming in, remember from whence it came. When the overflow is there, when the happiness is there, once you've settled down and he's finally sent that king, that queen to your life, and you're happy, say, thank you, Father, for sending me this wife in this happy marriage. Thank you, Father, for sending me this husband. You may say, thank you, Father, for this single life. It's given me time to get to know myself right now so I can serve you better. Whatever the cause of the happiness for the elevation of the faith, the hope, the love, whatever it, good moment that it is, make sure you are praying without ceasing. We need those prayers the most when we're being blessed, when our blessings are in overflow. That's when we need it. That's when the enemy is ready to go to work, when he sees us smiling and happy and dancing. He's like, mm-mm, I do not like this. I do, mm-mm, I have to go in and do something about this, right? So what is the nature of Paul's prayer? That they would be continually filled with the knowledge of God's will. That's at the end of Colossians 1 and 9. Do not, let me start at the beginning. For this reason, we also since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, right? So Paul is saying, uh, continually 
fill them with knowledge. Continue to bless them so that they do God's will as they're carrying it out. Continue to bless them. That's what Paul was praying when he was doing that prayer in Colossians 1 and 9, right? So, and, and going through this text is telling me the central focus, the nucleus of the uh, of prayers for ourselves and for others are at those moments when we see them being blessed. It's so easy for the flesh to come in and you see other people accelerating. You may say, well, I wrote my book six months ago. How is her book selling all of these copies? Well, I wanted that job. How did she get the same job and how is she making more than me? Well, I wanted my own TV segment. How did she get hers for me? I went to broadcasting and journalism. You know, flesh will try and come in. That's the time when you see someone else being blessed. If you want blessings to rain down on you, you need to go in and say, thank you, God, for the blessings and favor you're showing in this person's life right now. That's how that works. Do not go in with jealousy and envy. Go in and pray and thank God on their behalf and say, thank you, God, for those blessings. Because that's that's just telling you he is still in the blessing business if he's blessing them and showing prosperity and abundance in their lives. If they have a happy marriage, don't look at them and say, mm, mm. you know, sometimes it's much easier to get that face and be like, mm, I can't stand them. But, but a lot of the times, and a lot of people won't admit it, it's just simple jealousy. You're not happy looking at them because they are so happy. And you're saying, man, I wish my marriage was like that. That's the time to go in and intercede on behalf and say, Father God, um, the Joan, I really love, you know, the, the relationship that I see that is developed according to your will um, with the Joneses, with the Smiths, you know, with the Williams, whoever it may be, and say, God, will you imp uh, impart that into my marriage? marriage. God, show me what I need to do to make my marriage this way, right? Instead of letting the flesh consume and, and, and emit hatred and jealousy towards someone else, right? That's the time to go in and pray, right? If we look at um, the model prayer, right? We're familiar with the model prayer. If we look at Jesus's model prayer, that's Matthew 6, 5 through 15, Matthew 6, 5 through 15, right? The focus is on God and his will, right? There's the personal, there's the corporate request for daily bread and forgiveness. But the prayer, when he's going through here, the prayer is that we glorify God, is that we glorify his name, right? Not just saying, you know, for the forgiveness, Father, give me the daily bread, you know, but to glorify his name in accordance with his will. Important to note when you're going through that passage of scripture, Matthew 6, 5 through 15. And I just started it. And actually, you actually you can just do 1 through 15. It's a great passage to go in and study, right? So when we're going to the Father, when we're laying prostrate, we're going down on our knees, you're going into your prayer closet, right? Go to him when the blessings are at their greatest, right? And, and start praying ahead. Father God, I know it won't always be sunshine, so I'm going to thank you in advance because I know you're going to carry me through when the storm comes, right? In, according, uh, in accordance with your will, what's going to happen will happen, right? In accordance with your will. Will, but I'm going to thank you in advance, even though everything is going good now. Thank you for these blessings that I'm receiving now, right? And so when you go in, 
And, and you guys know how I like to sometimes break it down and just give a simple prayer that you can go in with, you know, and let's close it out. And it may, you know, when you go in, it may, it, like I said, it doesn't always have to be 30, 40 minutes, two hours, three hours. Now, if you got time to do it, the father, he loves it. It just, it just, Ooh, he just sits. He's like, Ooh, somebody's praying to me. Somebody is praying to me. Right? So if you only have a short time, right, it doesn't take long just to stop and glorify his name and say, thank you, Father, for everything that I have right now, everything that's to come, everything that I didn't have in the past that you've provided now and all things to come, right? So it may look something like this when you go in. Father God, protect us from the fiery darts of the enemy, Father. Establish in our hearts and minds the clear revelation of your will. Show me what is your will and purpose for my life, Father God. Grant us the gift of your spirit, Father. Through your spirit, grant us the faith that quenches the flaming arrows of the enemy. We know the enemy likes to show when blessings are in abundance. Thank you, Father God, for your covering a against that. Thank you, Father God, for giving me the wisdom and the guidance to continually pray and glorify your name. Thank you, Father, for giving me the daily strength to speak your name and glorify your name. As your word says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name, Father God. Your kingdom come, Father, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, continue to give us our daily bread and forgive our debts as we forgive our debtors. Father God, do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen and amen. So as I say, when you're not sure what to pray, when you're not sure how to pray, take his word and pray it back. It puts a smile on his face. It's music to his ears to hear his words comes back because we know that scripture also tells us his word does not return turn to us void, right? So when you're not sure what to say, how to say it, or you might not even, I remember sometimes my grandma, she'd be so distraught. She couldn't even bring the word. She just pray and moan. You remember the, the moaning, uh, grandmothers and grandfathers and aunts and uncles. They were just at such, such distress in the beginning when they would start out, all they could do was just mm, 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 until they could form those words, right? So sometimes you may just have to go in and moan, but he'll know that you're moaning, you're summoning for him, you're glorifying him, you're speaking with him, and he's listening, I guarantee it, right? That's my word for you guys tonight. I love you. I will be back here tomorrow. Tomorrow, again, we're talking about prayer, and we're going to tie that in with prayer. Prayer equals praise, and I'm going to show you exactly how, right? You guys know I always bring my receipts. Until tomorrow night, walk good. Do good. Be good. Tornado, I'm out. I love y'all. I really, really do. You all know the Torah. 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 Torah.